we think about trust kind of like a like a bank account, right? We think about like I put a little bit of trust in, I take a little bit of trust out. It's okay as long as I keep a positive trust balance, but that's not how trust works. Trust is more like a water balloon. You know, you fill it, you fill it, you fill it, and then if you puncture it, even in a tiny way, you're likely to lose it in places where it really matters. You can lose it everywhere. What's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Kershavsky, and welcome to episode 21 of That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. I have to be honest that I was quite nervous to interview my guest on the show today because he is someone I look up to quite a bit, and that person is Todd Henry. Since 2005, Todd has been the host of the Accidental Creative Podcast, which delivers weekly tips and ideas for staying prolific, brilliant, and healthy, and boasts millions of downloads. When he's not running one of the top podcasts on the internet, he teaches leaders and organizations how to establish practices that lead to everyday brilliance. He's also the author of four books, one of which, Die Empty, was named by Amazon.com as one of the best books of 2013. His latest book, Hurting Tigers, is about what creative people need from their leader and how to give it to them, and that's what we focus on in this interview. I had the chance to chat about how we as leaders can empower and lead creative people people specifically in a remote work setting because that does bring a lot of nuances. For those of you interested in Todd's background, we also got to talk about how he started the podcast and what made him jump into writing. And everything that we mentioned in this episode, including Todd's books and his podcast, will be listed out in the show notes. So check those out if you want to learn more. And before we dive into the episode, uh, please take a second and leave this podcast an honest review if you're enjoying it at all that is the best way to support it all right you guys with that out of the way let's jump into this episode with todd henry all right well todd welcome to the show thank you so much for being here thanks so much it's great to be here yeah i'm so excited to have you on uh the podcast today because you are an expert on what i kind of consider the intersections of creativity and leadership and you've written four books on the topic, and you're also the host of the Accidental Creatives Podcast. And so I'm really excited to have you on here to talk about how entrepreneurs can lead creative teams and do so correctly. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, uh, and it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, you know, I, I do have to ask you first, though, a, a bit selfishly, like I mentioned, you have four books, uh, you have a podcast with millions of downloads, and I got to ask, how did, you know, where did your journey as like an author and a podcast host and speaker begin? Yeah, so I was uh, leading a team of creatives, um, in the early 2000s, so a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. And um, I, I just, I was really struggling with how do I help my team do great work, but also stay healthy because, you know, th those things seem to be in tension with one another. Um, and so around 2002, I started doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of people and, you know, just really kind of, I would talk to, you know, creative directors at some big 
organizations and just say, Hey, how do you keep your team healthy? And they would look at me like I had two heads. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Like healthy? That's not even, that's not even on the radar for us. It's just, let's crank out great work. And you know, if we have to burn through people and bring in a fresh crop, that's just what we do. And I thought, well, that doesn't seem right. So Mm -hmm. I started uh, doing more research and trying to figure out what is it that the most healthy and also productive creative professionals do to keep themselves in that position. And, uh, you know, started kind of discovering some things that were working. And so in 2005, I launched the Accidental Creative Podcast and that podcast pretty quickly took off. Um, I didn't intend for it to, it wasn't something (laughs) I meant to turn into something, but it kind of became something. And, uh, then in, uh, 2009, uh, was offered a book deal by Penguin because by then it had grown to the point where I had lots and lots of subscribers and downloads and people were listening and paying attention to it and all of that. And, uh, so got a book deal with Penguin and that's when I really launched out on my own and started a consultancy targeted at helping leaders and teams be what I call prolific, brilliant and healthy all at the same time. So doing good work, doing a lot of it because we have to do that and also doing it in a sustainable way. Um, and so since then, as you mentioned, I've written four books. The Accidental Creative was my first book, uh, came out in 2011 and then Die Empty came out in 2013, uh, Louder Than Words 2015, and Herding Tigers, the new book, is out now, and it came out in 2018. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to add uh, you know, links to those books so that people that are interested can check them out. But when you mention keeping teams healthy, do you mean like physically healthy, or do you mean keeping the team healthy in terms of like production and like creating really great ideas? Yeah, healthy in terms of production, creating great ideas, um, working sustainably is the way that I like to frame it up. You know, like like there there are a lot of teams who can be prolific and brilliant. They're doing a lot of work. They're doing good work, but they burn them. They go through these cycles of crash, burn, refresh, crash, burn, refresh, and that works for a while. It does, but eventually it catches up with you because we're not machines. So what I do is I teach teams how to work sustainably as well. So how to produce a lot of work, good work, and do it in a sustainable way. Mm. So, and and I noticed that one of the things, I mean, like you said, you talk to a lot of managers and leaders in companies. What can people who are leaders in companies uh, do to help the creative teams do exactly what you're talking about? Well, there really are two things that every creative person needs more than anything else from their leadership. And if these two things are, are provided, then they tend to thrive. And if there's a lack of either one or both of them, then they tend to struggle a bit more. Uh, the first one is stability. Your creative people need to do wild imaginative work. So they need clear boundaries. They need clarity of process. They need clarity of expectations. They need to know that the game isn't going to shift halfway through, which is what happens often, right? Because leaders are insecure or leaders don't really know for certain what they're going to do. So when leaders aren't certain, they become really unclear about expectations. And that's not good for the creative process. You know, there's this myth that creative people just want complete freedom. Just, you know, don't fence me and give me complete freedom. That's complete freedom is not helpful to the creative process. Orson Welles said that the absence of limitations is the enemy of art. Mm. And I believe that's true. I think we need some bounding arc, some limitations, some stability within which to do our work. But you know, that, that means that the leader has to take the first risk by giving clear direction, by setting clear expectations, by making decisions between two things that could be equally good and saying, we're going to go this way, not that way. You know, we need some clear boundaries within which to channel our creative energy. So that's stability. And that's the first thing we need. But the second thing creative people need is, is challenge. Creative people want to be pushed. They want to try new things. They want to venture to the edge of their abilities. They want to do work that feels 
a little bit risky. They want to do work that they feel maybe they're not even capable of doing. But they need permission to take risks. They need to be pushed. They want to be told what you see in them. So, hey, I see things in you you don't even see in yourself yet. There are things I can I know that you're capable of that you don't even realize you're capable of yet. That's what creative people need. They, they want to be pushed. They want to be challenged. They want to be stretched to the edge of their ability. When you lack one of these two things in your organization, and by the way, the mix is going to be different for each person. So some people need more stability than others and others need more challenge than others. But you need to know what the right mix is of those two things on your team. For example, when you have a high challenge environment, but less stability than you need to be able to accommodate that challenge, your team might grow angry. They might just be irrationally angry at you because you're asking more of them than what they can feasibly do given the level of stability or clarity of process or those kinds of things. And that, again, that can work for a while. And every organization shifts into that mode for a while. When we're growing, we're always going to be trying to do more than we're capable of doing at any given moment. Like that's just kind of the way it's going to be. But you you can't live there forever. I call these shooting star organizations because they burn bright for a while and then they burn out. And that's pretty much the way it works. Um, you know, When you have high stability but low challenge, often creative people feel stuck. They feel like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to move on. I want to try something. I want to do something new. And they just feel like they're not really being stretched. Um, and so they're going to start seeking better horizons. And of course, what you want is the right mix of stability and challenge. You want to find the right mix of... Uh, both clarity of process, um, you know, enough space, enough protection, uh, all of those kinds of things, but also the right level of challenge, which means they're being pushed, they're being uh, given the opportunity to try things, to take risks, and to do work that excites them. And when you have that, then your team will reward you with the best work of their life. How can we as leaders sort of test our, our creative teams and find out, you know, where we are on that balance scale of what you just talked about? Well, I think it only happens through intentional conversation over a long period of time. Um, it's not there's there's not really a I mean, there are assessments you can do, but nothing that really beats just sitting down with your team and just talking them through. Hey, um, you know, let's talk right now about how you feel about the work that we're doing. Um, you know, do you feel right now like the work is pushing you? Do you feel like we're out over our skis a little bit? Are there resources you don't have is a great question to ask because people will say, well, yeah, I just physically don't have enough time right now to be able to do all the work you're asking me to do. Okay, great. That's something we can actually work with, you know, but leaders don't want, they don't ask because they don't want to know. <laughs> mm. They don't want to know the answer. Um, you know, we're, we're all being asked to do more with less these days. We all are. Um, so what we have to do is we have to position ourselves. We have to be in a place and be in a position where we're having consistent conversations with our teams to, to ask them about whether they feel like they have the protection and the supporting infrastructure to do the work we're asking them to do, or if they feel like they're being pushed, if they feel like maybe they're a little bit stuck in their career, um, they're just doing production work. You know, they feel like they're not really being pushed outside of their, uh, their comfort zone, which is something that all highly talented creative people crave. Mm. Yeah, that's really, it's, it's just always so tough to kind of like get that information that you need as a leader in order to move it forward. So, so those are really good tips. Well, but you have to, you have to create an environment of permission in which people can speak their mind. I mean, that's another problem is that leaders, leaders will say, Hey, uh, Hey, how's everything going? People good okay great and then two weeks later something happens and they say well why didn't you tell me well i mean how's everything going that's not a good question 
You have to be very specific. Is there anything you need from me right now? Right now, is there anything that you need from me that you don't have? Right? Mm -hmm. Is there any area where you need me to step in and have a conversation with someone to protect you a little bit? You know, like uh, you don't ask it that way, but you say like, is there anybody right now who's asking you for something that you feel like you can't deliver on? Yeah, actually, you know, your manager's manager came to me the other day and said, hey, can you just make some tweaks to this thing? And I said, sure, because, you know, it's your, it's your boss's boss, but I really don't have the time to do that right now. Great. I will step in and have that conversation and set different expectations around that, you know? Um, you have to, you have to be very specific in how you ask those questions because how's everything going? That's not, that's, that's, I mean, uh, nobody wants to admit that they can't get the job done. You know, you have to create a culture of permission where pe people say, Hey, I don't feel like I have enough on my plate right now. I really need more work because I'm not being challenged or, Hey, uh, I feel like I'm being stretched beyond the bounds here and I'm afraid I'm not going to get everything done. Um, it, you know, you need to give people permission to be able to have those kinds of very vulnerable conversations without the fear of repercussions. Yeah, you know, that's something that, to be honest, I've experienced in the past where I've talked with a designer or something like that. And, and unfortunately, I've asked them exactly that question, like, hey, how's everything going? And exactly to your point, you know, I didn't get the question, the answers, like a clear answer. And then a week or right. two passed later and something that I thought should have been brought up in that conversation didn't. So what else? Because I think this is a really big issue, actually, because we as managers or leaders like want to hear that. So what else can we do? Like, do you suggest that we have like regularly scheduled like calls and like one on ones with a creative you know, individuals in our teams to kind of like almost nurture that sort of pr protected feeling and, the, and that freedom to to bring issues up? How do you like, like, do you think it should be like a scheduled thing that happens? Well, I think it all comes back to trust. At the end of the day, everything creative, creative teams require trust in order to function. Um, so it's very important that we maintain trust as a leader, which means that we earn trust every single day. Every single interaction that you have with someone has to be one in which they walk away trusting you more than they did before they came into the interaction. We often blow trust in little ways. We're not even aware sometimes of the ways that we, we blow trust, but we, we often forfeit trust in ways that cause us to, lose trust in the big areas, right? So trust is interesting. We think about trust kind of like a like a bank account, right? We think about mm -hmm. like I put a little bit of trust in, I take a little bit of trust out. It's okay as long as I keep a positive trust balance, but that's not how trust works. Trust is more like a water balloon. You know, you fill it and you fill it, you fill it, and then if you puncture it, even in a tiny way, you're likely to lose it in places where it really matters. You can lose it everywhere. Hmm. And so as a leader, we have to maintain trust with our team in the little ways. Like, for example, if I set a meeting with you, I'm going to keep that meeting. And mm -hmm. if I don't keep that meeting, I'm going to personally come to you and say, hey, I'm very sorry, but something came up and I would love to reschedule our meeting. Can we please reschedule? It's not going to be my assistant saying, yeah, Todd can't meet today, but he'll get back to you at some point about meeting. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I need to because and, and we think we think that those little things don't really matter all that much. But to the person on the other side of it, it feels like you're not keeping your commitments to me. And even though it's a little thing, it feels like a very big thing on that side of it. Um, it could be something as simple as we're definitely going to go with your idea on this project. Oh, you know what? Actually, the client changed their mind. I'm sorry. We're going to we're going to go with a different we're going to go with your your uh, colleague's idea instead. 
Well, that's fine, but you should have never said we're definitely going with your idea. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. can say, "Hey, I would like to go with your idea. I'm going to make an I'm going to make a case for your idea." But you can't say we're definitely doing it. It's these little things that breach our that breach trust and then they cause us to forfeit we have to be very to maintain our trust. And if we do that in the little ways, then they're going to be comfortable coming to us in the big ways and saying, hey, I don't feel right now like I have the resources I need. Hey, I don't feel like I have clarity from you around expectations. You know, hey, whatever it is, they're going to feel much more comfortable coming to you in those circumstances if they feel like they can trust you. Mm, yeah, that, I, I I totally agree. That's that's such an important thing in the, you know, in in a, any sort of relationship with your team members. Now, like I mentioned uh, to you before we jumped on, a lot of the people listening to this run remote teams. You know, people, they work with people who they're not in the office with every day. What are your tips to that sort of relationship with a creative team where you don't necessarily see people every day? Like what can we as remote leaders, as leaders of a remote company do to foster a good relationship when we don't see our workers and and our teammates uh, every day? That's a great question. Um, So my biggest encouragement to leaders of remote teams is you have to have face-to-face meetings with them. And that doesn't have to mean, you know, we're going to be physically present, but you have to be able to look at each other while you're communicating um, you know, so much of trust is I look at someone, I see them paying attention to me. They're looking at me, they're nodding. We're having conversations eye to eye, even if it's over you know, zoom or Skype or something. Um, you, you know, a big chunk of the trust is that a second thing is you need to set clear expectations around when you're available and when you're not. Um, I was just having a conversation about this with someone. I was leading a workshop uh, a couple of weeks ago and this manager, this leader told me that she realized in the midst of it that one of the biggest problems that she was creating on her team that she didn't realize she was creating was that she was not clear about her own time boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her team would email her at 435 expecting her to be working, but she had to pick up her her kid, you know, that day or whatever. And even though it was only an hour, maybe, you know, that she wasn't available, um, you know, she, she realized, oh my goodness, I am forfeiting trust because it looks like I'm not available for them when they need me. So, you know, you you need to be very, very clear about those boundaries. Make sure that you're setting very clear expectations with your team. And then you're, you're holding to those expectations. That's very, very important. Mm, So essentially, like, are you saying that we should have sort of in-person meetings? Like, I know there's a lot of companies that kind of hold like quarterly in-person meetings where even if the team is spread out all over the world, they'll bring them together, you know, a couple of times a year. That certainly can help. Yeah, I mean, definitely it can help to have, uh, you know, to have in-person meetings when you're able to do that. I think that's a definitely, definitely a good strategy for that. But even if you can't do that for some reason, you know, have face to face online where you're actually, you're not just, a, a you know, a, a disembodied voice on the other end, but you're actually having face to face conversations, even if it's via technology. Well, I know that we're running out of time. Um, so thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to be uh, on the show today. I really appreciate it. I think that this was really helpful because like I said, uh, there's a lot of people listening who work with creative teams on a daily basis. And and I think it's really important to know how to communicate and uh, work with those teams. So thank you so much for uh, being on and taking the time to chat about that. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody wants to uh, reach out to you or get in touch or get your books, uh, where's the best place to do that? 
the best place to do it is at toddhenry.com. Okay, cool. And uh, are the all the books available there as well? Uh, you can get to the books from there. Yeah, I don't sell books myself, but they're available <laughs> through any bookstore you might want to you know explore or um, uh, you know obviously Amazon, Barnes and Noble, those kinds of places. Uh, and then also the podcast and all of that you can get to through toddhenry.com as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to uh, catching up next time in Cincy. All right. Thank you so much.